Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show. I'm Craig Carlisle, one of your hosts. My sons aren't with me in studio today. They're out gallivanting and doing some crazy things. I actually had them in studio for quite a bit of the afternoon getting prepped for our other show, The Framework. And it is a holiday that I'm doing this recording on, so I wanted to be able to give them some time to, you know, be who they are and have some space and relax. We all need to relax and don't think we all take that advantage enough. I know I don't, but I'm, I'm learning to, and I'm going to get better at that as I go on the rest of this month and definitely the rest of this year. I'm going to practice a lot of that self-care, some people want to call it, during the summer. Today's topic is, what if? Yeah, I know some people say, you know, what if this and what if that, and you spend a lot of time just kind of dreaming and pontificating and pretending and wondering about things that just really aren't true <clears throat> or things that really aren't going to come true, things that aren't even tangible, things that aren't even realistic. But the sad part about it is we live our life so often as if the things that we're doing, the things that we have to do, the things that we're believing that God wants us to do really aren't real. Okay, what am, what am I saying? What am I saying? What I'm saying is, if we actually, no, let, let's, let's put it back in the context of the topic. What if we lived our life as if there was a God? What if we lived our life in believing that there really was a God that we were taught about? Even that the Bible actually spoke about it. Okay, again, we've got some new listeners. We've got, you know, a new station or two that have joined us, and we're thankful to be on those networks. We're thankful to the new listeners that are catching on to our program. Thank you all for tuning in and listening beyond the opening, because I think some of people are going to immediately think that the guy, the, the host, me, is a crackpot. But, but let's really get real about it. The things that we believe in, we actually go do. We put some stock in it. Those who are fans of different sporting teams, people are just fanatical about the things they do about cars, about food, about you name it. When we actually have our belief system rooted intangibly in following after those things, those groups, those people, those places, those things, those nouns, we'll do anything to show our support. We'll wear their jerseys. We'll pay the ridiculous prices for the jerseys, the, the shoes, the the tickets, whether it be courtside or nosebleed, 50-yard line or the parking lot. Some people are even so fanatical and they have such a belief in their team that they'll even go pay money to go watch the game in an empty arena on a big screen that you really, I, I can't see, I can't see it that well because I mean, I know in Texas Stadium where the Cowboys play, I know that's a big old screen. I know I can see that well probably from the bathroom. You can see that thing. But I promise you the TV in my house is better because it's, I, I hung it just right and I've got a chair that I love the, the most and I can sit there and be comfortable and put a blanket over it, my favorite blanket if it's cold or the favorite cold beverage if it's hot or if I wanted to lay out and stretch in my bed, I can. I can still have the best image I could find and plus the tickets I like is is free because well it's not free you gotta pay for the cost of the internet or 
cable provider, whichever you're using to, to source the game. But I'm fanatical about staying in my house and saving that money. Some folks we know are fanatical about spending that money to support their team. We're not going to call out a bunch of teams. And we already talked about Texas Stadium, but we don't talk about anybody else out there. And I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm definitely not a Jerry Jones fan. I'm just saying, those people that have arenas and own teams, own brands, and who are actors and actresses that people are fanatical over, they make a living off of us spending that kind of money to see them on the big screen, small screen, on the, in person or not. But we believe in what those people are doing, wholeheartedly sell out, people crying because their team lost, and the whole day is all messed up, and having a headache and just a straight bad attitude because their team lost. I used to be such a, you know, a involved lover of a certain team that when they lost, I wouldn't watch any highlights because for the rest of the week I wouldn't watch Sports Center because I didn't want to see the highlights of them losing. And I began to think, you know, it doesn't matter that much. I don't have such a belief in them. If I if I began to put that much faith in God and and faith and belief in my own life and faith and belief in what I'm supposed to do for my calling and invest in myself and invest in those things and and spend the time moving in that direction. Imagine where my life would be. Same thing I asked you all today. What are you spending your time with? Imagine if you spent the amount of time mentally, physically, financially, actually getting after the things that we talk about. If we actually believed that it could happen, if we actually understood that if we actually lived our life as the Bible verses speak of, that we can truly do all things. Because if we actually believe that life and death was in the power of the tongue, that means that we would really be careful who we put put our mouth on, who we spoke ill against, or who we even be even more careful careful who we spoke in favor of. But some of us don't believe that that's true. We could talk about people like they had a tail and four eyeballs and six tails and four arms and like they really didn't exist. Kids struggling every day with the image that they have of themselves because they don't have a positive reinforcement at home. If we really believe that the scripture is true that parents don't provoke your children to wrath, then we really would treat our children better. If our children were taught to believe and understand that the Bible verse is true, that we are to honor our father and mother in the Lord, then our days will be long upon the land which the Lord our God had given us. But what do we believe in? We believe that, oh, my team's going to win this weekend. I, I, I believe if I bet the right, of money, right amount of money, they're going to win. <clears throat> I bet that if I, my favorite MMA athlete is going to hit this guy just right or kick him just right or her, him or her just right, and I believe that they're going to win. I, I, I believe that my car is going to make it from one spot to the other because I bought a certain model of car. I believe that my political party is going to be the one that's going to make me successful. I also believe that other political parties are not going to do this thing because look at where we are right now. 
But do we honestly, what if we honestly believe that, though anybody is in the White House, that God still built the house? He's still the king of all kings? What if we honestly believed that I was made, well, let's go back here, that I was beautifully and wonderfully made? How would that change your day getting up out of bed? How would that change your mindset when you have those moments of depression or anxiety or those moments when you just don't feel like you're worth anything? Or in a, an employee or your boss or a customer, depending on what your job title is or where you, where you need to be, if a person just talks so poorly about you and to you like you had no worth at all and you begin to believe that well there must be something wrong with me because these people are talking to me in such a manner I, I must deserve it I must be everything that they're calling me to be what if we believed that God was the one who we could cast our cares upon him because he cares for us our minds are such wonderful machines that they'll do pretty much anything that we need them to do. Your mindset, your your body functions. If you are happy and if you have a positive mindset, if you have a strong belief system, then your body actually performs better and helps heal your body faster. But here we are in a, in a mindset, we allow ourselves sometimes in a mindset where we just don't care. We just don't believe, you know, won't believe anything positive. We only believe the negative. That a body doesn't repair, it doesn't provide, doesn't do anything for the sickness that it needs to. and doesn't function in the same way that it was designed to. If we were, if we would but believe that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We should just even stop there. If we believe our, our bodies were temples of the Holy Spirit, I, I know some folks talk about the way churches look because their churches aren't as big and don't have as good of facilities, but some of us have allowed our bodies to get to be as big as some of these grand facilities and grand cathedrals. But yet we talk about each other on the way out. And if we actually believe that our bodies where the Holy Spirit lived and we were built and made in the image of God, what would we really do to our bodies? Would we really put some of this stuff in our mouths that we do right now, that I do right now? Would we allow ourselves to have those moments of, man, I just don't know what else to do. So I eat or I drink. And do certain drugs. And again, you know, some drugs are, some drugs are legal now. I get it. You know? Some folks say, you know, you can take this. I know some of us believe in the scripture. We're rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's. And some folks, we render everything negative to Caesar. Render our whole bodies out to Caesar. And that's a tough place to be. It's a tough mindset to, to wrap your head around when you think about that. Because... Everything that we do isn't good for us. 
And I get it. Some people talk about, yeah, everything in moderation. But everything? Really? Everything? Drinking gasoline in moderation is good for you? Well, come on, Craig. Let's not be super spiritual. Well, no, I'm just saying. If, if, if we're saying that everything in moderation is good for us, but, we, but do we even have a positive mindset in moderation? How much time of the day do we think do we think about ourselves that we're actually positive, that we're actually worth something, that we're actually creative, that we're actually good at what we do, that we're actually worth the good things that come, that we're actually worth being loved, worth having someone think of us as beautiful or handsome. Do we even think of ourselves enough to even want to stop eating the crappy stuff and changing our mindset over to eat the good stuff? Drink the more water, walk more, exercise more, sleep more, drink and do the negative drugs less. Do we really think that it's worth anything? Do we, do we really, well, and I guess, and some people, they like it. They, they like the way their body feels. Okay, so I, I can't mess with those people because if you believe that, that's, that you feel good and that you're doing a good thing by your body by doing what you do, then you do you. But if you can let the medical numbers tell the truth. I know folks used to say, tell the truth and shame the devil. And remember, that's truth with an F, not a TH. So if you tell the truth, what do you really feel like when we're doing some of those negative things, doing some of those drugs, and why are we doing them? Is it just to help me sleep? Or is it to help me stop dealing with the issues that I have and not thinking about the negative parts of my life? Is it to get me to not do the things that I want to do? Is it to help me become better? Or is it to help me think less? Hmm. If we believed that we were created in the image of God, is this what God would do? Does God even do this? Does he look like us when we're strung out and high or laying in the gutter drunk? Is that what God looks like? If we believed that we were worth something even after the person that we loved so much dumped us, left us, whether they died or divorced us. If we believe that we're still God's child, and there's still some of us that believe when a person leaves us in a relationship, whether it be good, bad, or different, death or divorce, that some people believe that it's God's fault. It wasn't our timing. Timing wasn't right. I should know somebody used to say all the time, you know, timing is everything. But I, I don't agree with that. I believe faith is everything. Because what if I actually believe that God showed me who to get married to and who not to get married to? 
I'm not saying you have a perfect life that way or by any stretch of the imagination, but if you do the things that you're supposed to do, it makes it so much easier to deal with life when bad things happen. <clears throat> because we do the things that we want to do, then we have all the all of the responsibility and all of the wrong, all of the pain of the bad choice belongs to us. If we actually believe in the word that says obedience is better than sacrifice, that when bad things happen, and we know we were supposed to do what we just did, then there's a reason for the outcome. People say, yeah, there's a reason and a season. Maybe that was just my season to go through that kind of pain. Well, well maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't the Lord that told you to, to, to date such and such or so and so or whomever it might have been. Well, maybe you didn't know the Lord then and you just married someone on your own. You know, God that makes all things work together. Well, Romans 8.28 is still true. It, it is, I used to think it's the catch-all scripture that no matter what, it's all going to work out. And, I, and, I, and it does work out, but it also worked out for the children of Israel too when they walked those 40 years in the desert, walking around their blessing. Now, God is, he's a gentleman. He's grateful. He's gracious. He's, he's, he's patient. He waits on us to get it, just to get it together. And I've been saying, and I need to get it done because I've been talking about it, have a bit about it, so we're going to get it done and make sure we, I'm, I'm true and faithful to myself. Have you imagined taking 40 years to walk 12 miles? And those who aren't like Bible scholars, you don't have to be Bible scholars. You listen to the Race Men show, and I'm one of your hosts, Craig Carlisle. I'd ask you to be a Bible scholar. Oh, you know, I, I used to teach Bible studies here and, and different things. And I, we, we may, again, if the, that's what the Lord says, but we spend time here talking, and then we're going to bring this topic up to my sons, and we're going to talk about what if over the next several weeks. I may even bring some other people in, and we'll talk through that. Feel free to write us in, you know, get us on at the raise at the raising men show, or you can listen to at raising men. And raising is R Z N G M E N. It's raising men spelled that way, R Z N G M E N. But let's go back. Let's talk about that. Children of Israel walked twelve miles. It took them forty years. <clears throat> forty years. Okay, I'm, so I'm 53, so I just had my birthday a couple days ago. And if my if I was like a child during that time, let's say we left when I was like, okay, let's like make it like 11 or 13. I mean, come up on 50 or 51 and just not get into the promised land. Some of us can't even enjoy the promised land because we'd be old and beat up. I don't know about you. But I don't want to have to spend the next 40 years of my life walking around a blessing that I should have had in a few hours. I'm not saying that I don't have that many days left. Yeah, I'd love to live another 40 years, but healthy years, strong years. But I'd also like to spend a large number of them 40 years, like 39 and a half or more, enjoying that, that promised land, that blessing that the Lord put it in front of me. He told me to go out and go search after and, and reach for. I really, I really would rather not 
spend the time on the journey there in the sun and in the rain, passing the blessing, looking at it, not understanding that that was it right there. And you know, and that's still it right there. And that's still it right there. And that's just another side of it, another aspect of it. So I've actually seen my blessing 360 degrees around several times. One of the research I have not done until this moment, so I'm going to have to go out and do it because it's it's come to mind, is during the children of Israel's journey to the promised land, how many times do they actually walk around that blessing? I figure it's got to be at least once, right? And, and then when you really get down to it, yeah. I used to think about, yeah, there's children of Israel, and we just think about it as the children of Israel. Yeah, 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 children. But that was probably well over a million people walking. And it's easy to say, well, maybe, Craig, you know, trying to get a million people to walk 12 miles. I'm not even trying to do the math. Maybe I will have the math done by the time next week's show comes around. If I took a million people and stood them arm, you know, side by side, shoulder to shoulder, how far does that actually go in a straight line? Because when you think about it in those terms, that means somebody should have got to the promised land, obviously, before someone else. So the first person should have got to the promised land before the millionth person got to the promised land. I mean, and even for years afterwards, you would think, now my, my brain, I would think for years after, there would be people still coming and arriving in the promised land. Because we, we, when we read in the scripture, yeah, 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 they crossed over, they eventually made it to the promised land. Well, it wasn't a million people walking side by side walking in a line. These people were single file, so to speak. I mean, single-ish file, right? They were you know, in a group. So some people made it to the promised land and began to unpack and pick their spot before the last person got there. Because can you imagine being the last person to arrive to the party? I'm the millionth person in the million man march. I got there last. But when was that last? Was that the 40th year last? Or was it a year or two later? Was it weeks later? Was it days later? Was there any good space left for me to pitch my tent for my family? I'm sure there was, because the promised land, right? The the Bible doesn't talk about, you know, that kind of thing, because the the reality is that they want you to, you know, the story was that the, 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 the place was a place that was given. It was flowing with milk and honey. There was abundance for all. So that wasn't an issue. But the but the thought and the concept for me and the premise I'm saying is if there's milk and honey flowing with us in a land of abundance, what the heck is taking us so long to get there? Case in point, I had some stuff I needed to do that I had put off years in some cases, six, seven years not doing. And I paid a heavy price for some of those things that I didn't do. When it, and in a couple of these cases, I asked somebody else to, can you, you know, can I pay you to do this? A couple of things for me. And these people wanted to charge me $6,000 to do what I needed to get done. And I was like, wait, if I pay you $6,000 to do this, and I, and I may have to pay, for the actual work itself, 
Now, who knows? Another five or six thousand dollars along the way. That may be like eleven thousand dollars or more. So if I'm gonna pay you to do what I should have done anyway, and then still might have to, and they're still on the financial cost for the actual labor itself, the actual the, the project itself. That's double the cost. When I actually focused and and, and set my belief in motion and believed that the Lord would help me get through that project on my own. I actually did the project in four days. This is something I had put off for years. And I did it in four days. And it didn't cost me six or $10,000. It may have cost me $400 and some time. But I didn't do this thing because I didn't believe I could do it. I didn't believe that I could do it. I didn't believe I was worthy of it. I believed that it was just something that I just, I just needed to ignore because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't, want to, I didn't believe that the Lord would help me through it. I didn't believe. But if we actually chose to flip that around and, and become a fanatic about God and not worry about people calling me super spiritual, you know, churchy and all the sad things that we call Christians nowadays. Oh, it doesn't take all that for those Christian fanatics. But yet, we don't talk about the fanatics for any sporting event team out there. We don't talk about the people paying the hundreds and thousands of dollars for tennis shoes and matching fits so they can go to the games or be seen out in public rocking their favorite team's gear or whatever it is. Maybe your team is a designer. Whatever it is, it's not relegated just to sports. But if we believed in God enough to spend that same amount of time and effort being passionate, unapologetic about our relationship with Christ and what he has for us, can you imagine how many promised lands we would have actually been to by now? Because we get super spiritual about it. Right now, I'd like to hear two promised lands really given in the Bible. We speak, them in, speak of them in those terms. But we, we still get stories about the Lord will throw open the, wind, the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that's too numerous for us to carry and to hold or to count, depending on how you read in the translation if we actually believed that the Lord would do those things in our life wouldn't your life change wouldn't your behavior change wouldn't your thought process change I I know mine did because the Lord had given me a vision of a man walking in the desert amongst these hanging windows that were pouring out stuff it was like grains of sand, but those were my blessings. Later in life, the Lord showed me that that man walking with his head and around those blessings and those windows and that stuff, that was me. I wasn't even looking up. Some of us aren't even looking up at the windows of heaven that are pouring out blessings right in front of us because we are not taking the time to invest and realize what our blessings actually look like because they look like just what we asked for, just in a different format. All right, we'll pick this up next week. Again, you're listening to The Raising Men Show, and I'm one of your hosts, Craig Carlisle. Next week, we're going to have some other people in the studio, whether it be my sons, or you. Hey, call us up on The Raising Men Show. Let us know what you think. We're going to continue the series that we're on, and I used to say all the 
the Lisa station we were on before, but I have to kind of cut that out now because we're on multiple stations. So I got to cut that out of the intro. I'm trying to get used to saying it just a simple and easy way. The series we're in right now is called What If? And we're going to be dealing with the thought of what if we actually lived our life like it mattered, like like God was alive, like God loved us, and like like what he thought about our lives actually mattered. In studio today, I have two of my other sons and asking you guys to start off, who, no, no, who wants to start first, but what do you guys think about what if and in that concept of living and and how would it really shape and change your mind and your life and your when it comes to doing things, does it, or or maybe I'm off base. Do you guys actually live your lives like, like God's alive, like God matters? Well, tell me, Jeff. You 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 nod, and how do you how do you do that? How do you how does that play out in your life? What does that look like? It's just kind of like you gotta like believe, because there are certain things that I do that. Are like, that are kind of scary sometimes and I'm nervous for. Mm-hmm. But I gotta, I gotta take a, uh, a second to like remind myself that God does not give me a spirit of fear. So I know it's, I'm not supposed to be scared in this situation. And I'm ready for like the camp today. I was, I was very nervous, but I went out and I played like my best. So I'm proud of that. But we've kind of like be- gotta believe and like live our life as if what He wants us to do. Got it. Now, do you find yourself? And that's great. Do you find yourself doing that often or just at certain times? Or or maybe it's the, do you do it every moment of every day? Not like every moment of every day, but like there's times like I use it more than I regularly do. Mm-hmm. And there's times I should use it more than I, I am. Okay, that makes sense. Kaden, what about you? What are you? How do you live your life? Do you live it all the way out like that? Do you live it like? God matters. Like he's here. Like everything you do really has a consequence. Um, from time to time, I mean, I guess it depends on where I'm at. Um, not like physically, but I mean, like more mentally, I guess. So like, I'm trying to push through to do. Didn't mean just like push through and like do stuff in my free time. Like, I work a lot now. I'm like get more of a consistent 35 hours a week. So like when I have my days off, I just want to sit and do nothing. Mm-hmm. But I, it's like, um, sorry, we have a little interlude before I fail. Um, I want to sit and do nothing in my free time, but I know I can use that time to um, either like learn how to progress certain ideas I want because they require different skills. Like um, I, can, I mean, I keep it vague because I've told you about the idea I want to do for the a shirt design, but um I think I could already do that. Uh, I could use that free time to work on framework stuff, or um, I mean, I could use it for anything. But it's like it's a lot of just having to the follow through with it. Well, let's let's ask the question differently because I don't want to. I don't want to give the impression that living like life matters or living all out means that twenty four hours a day of your day is packed with doing the oh god thing. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Let's look at our, our regular life life, just day to day. We get up and we go, we go do things and we work with customers that drive us, you know, back crap crazy sometimes or, mm-hmm. or somebody says something sideways to us or, you know, one of us in the house says something stupid to us or, or there's something we know we want to really do with our life, you know, and do we really push and pursue those things? That, that's that, that's what I'm really looking for, the answer More like to. making active decisions rather yeah. than, oh, well, then that makes more sense because before I was... I mean, it didn't make sense, but it was like, 
I don't know, but anyways, it makes more sense now. Um, I think at work, I definitely have to be, be more mindful of what I do mm-hmm. and say. I mean, because because one, people think it reflects. I mean, I don't really care that about much about Target's image. I mean, I'm still a person. I, I'm just working for a Target. Sure. But like, I, I'm not like I'm acting wild and crazy. Anyways, sure. but um, one, I'm a black person in a more of a white dominated space. Sure. And more, not dominated. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, there's a lot more white people than there's other people of color. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to, I can't act crazy. I can't act crazy in any space, really, but like, right. be mindful of what I say, what I do, and not give anyone the impression that I'm trying to hurt them or I'm, I'm against them for whatever specific reason. Sure, sure. Um, but like, definitely there's a lot of people that like, you know, you just want to, clap back at them and be upset and angry but it's not the right choice and I'm just like well I enjoy having this job sure I don't need this to, to progress and escalate to anything that I didn't foresee because I wanted to be upset in the moment and there are times I can I have more of the the bandwidth to make those decisions and there's more time to do it but then there's other situations where like my patience has run very thin and there's it's difficult to reel back the, because like, and I tell you about like spirit stuff all the time, where it's like trying to influence your emotions. Sure. Where it's kind of like you're in a spot, right, and then you feel something that kind of like even slightly like ignites a fire that sure. you need to try to fan the flame, right? Yeah, yeah. So at the kind of not really at the pay attention to, am I really annoyed or am I? Something's trying to get me to be annoyed. It's from being annoyed. Kind of like that. So, um, but yeah. I like the, the concept. So, and what you're saying, let's keep going and turn it this way. We look at what we do with our lives. Look at what we, what we know we should think about versus how we think and respond, right? You guys... So some of you guys, well, and it doesn't really just reserve itself to sports. Like, well, I won't ask it that way. But those who are into sports, those who are into different things that make them passionate. I know we all have something that we're passionate about, right? Whether it be music or video games or some TV shows, right? I mean, I like, you know, I'm a sports guy, so I like to watch, you know, football and basketball. So for me, I look at some of these crazy bananas, back crazy fans, like for the Knicks or for the Raiders or, you know, we got some. Friend, yeah, I mean, there's some folks that just go crazy with the, about the Raiders, mm-hmm. right? And I don't bleep that name out. I'm kidding. Well, yeah, just kidding. Just and kidding. And, and, yeah, they're, 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 they're family friends. They're friends in the show. I mean, like, um, said their name without um, asking. Oh, yeah, that's important. Oh, send licensing over there. No <laughs> and I, I, when I throw that out there, in 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 so in Caden, I know you're a, you're a big fan because you and I have had conversations about that show, Drag Race. Mm-hmm. You're a fan. I love the show. And I love cooking shows, you know, mm-hmm. Ramsey and um, Tom Colicchio's show, anything, Top Chef. You and I are both very competitive, so anything in a competitive setting, it's like, yeah. immediately. Oh, I'm there. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about it. But when you really think about those shows and, and the people, and, and can you actually, we talked about even the cinematic, you know, the photography and the, and the, the camera angles on, mm-hmm. on that, one of those episodes in the show. And it, you were passionate about, you know, about what they should have done and what they didn't do. Now, I'm not saying I see you guys being super fanatical about a lot of stuff where you guys are just you know back crazy with mm-hmm. this stuff right you, you just get passionate about it but you're passionate about it what are you pointing at oh so 
but we've seen people that are just out of their mind fanatical about what they're doing. And you can almost even say the contestants on on the show are really with it because they're mm-hmm. just dressed. They're, they're, it's a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. a it's a part of who they are, right? It's not just I'm on the show as a contestant. This is me. But it's like because I've heard like people that go on the show, like Dragger's example, they spend like I think someone spent like thirty thousand dollars sure. solid sure. just on just like getting their stuff together for sure. the show. So and and so, some people and people who are not contestants, they may think, well, that's you know, who want to be on the why, show. Why would you want to spend that much kind of money? And it's like, well, you you want to have a good representation of yourself and your ability to do anything, really. Okay, that so. exact point. And we know the Jaggers, or and not just them, but. Many other people who don't necessarily at this moment live in the Las Vegas area. And even when the Raiders won in Vegas, they were in the Bay. And even, you know, 100 years ago when they were in L.A., the Jaguars had... Yeah, they were. Oh, yeah, they were. Oh, LA, that's because yeah. they were the Oakland Raiders. Came to LA, for LA Raiders went back to Oakland, Oakland and then and they, they went, went to Vegas. Vegas right, there. right. So, in many of those cases, not just the Jaguars, and shout out to the Jaguars, um, but they would travel. From you know their Inland Empire home to L.A. to watch or to, to the Bay tailgate and watch parties. tailgate party, and now to the to the Las Vegas area to watch their and and celebrate their team. And it's no and it's no shade on them or anybody it that just does shows that. How much they they like it. They show how much they like it in the sport. They show how much they're committed to to what they're excited about. What if we lived? Or so, so, do we live our life that way, committed to God in that way? Do we go all out of our way for God at any point? I think most people, at least, well, not the, most. Not most people. I mean, like, from. I guess, give me an example. Well, of what you mean in that. Definition. Well, I mean, I mean, well, hey, when is the last time you saw a person, a Christian person, go all out for what they believe in, or 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 when you've heard about a Christian going all out for their belief in God? They're usually considered to be talked bad about, made negative, made fun of to be a religious fanatic. I mean, mm-hmm. you can look at the terrorist organizations. We'll we'll talk about this. This be real. Those who are terrorists or those who are labeled as a terrorist, those who live in um, the Middle Eastern com- countries who are fighting over over land and fighting over some some belief that they have that something is theirs and not anyone else's and. And I'm not saying I believe that the terrorists are doing the right thing. I'm just saying those folks have a belief that their that their God that they choose is um, is right, and then just telling them that that should be the right way to go and the right way to live. And they're they're sold out for it. They're they're all about it. They're and in most cases they're willing to die for it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Christians, at least American Christians that I've seen. We're laughed at if we do the same thing. Oh, just take all that. All those Christian fanatics. Oh, 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 oh. going to church all the time, or or oh, you're going to go to church during the pandemic. This going to be. It's going to be. Why would you stand outside and 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 and? It doesn't take all that. But the same people want to go to the same football events. Still want to go to our the shows, and be in person if they wanted to mm-hmm. at the events, even that you're starting to go back to. And again, I'm not shading anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm just bringing, bringing out the example that. When it comes to being popular and excited about something that we want to do, we don't want anybody to talk bad about us. We want to be in there. We want to see our favorite dancer, our favorite artist, our favorite, mm-hmm. you know, athlete, singer, songwriter, rapper, whatever. 
I want to be there. I want to be in the house. I want to be out of the house. I want to go there. But when it comes to things of God, it seems as if we, they're, they're shaded upon for wanting to do the same types of thing, wanting to go to church. So that's stupid. That's ridiculous. Mm. Why would you wear a mask? Why would you go to church and be around all those people? But would you, but you just did it the day before we went to a concert. Mm-hmm. Did it just the day before when you went to a sporting event. I mean, and, and again, I'm I'm not shading people. I'm I'm just trying to make a point where these events, these sporting events, these TV shows, these athletes, these actors, these actresses, they're they're in fields that don't do anything for us and our and our own spirituality, our own goal and getting to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. For the big picture, I'm not talking about if you have a goal of being an actor, actress, singer, songwriter, athlete. I'm saying about that. I'm saying when it really comes down to why we're here, hear me, not at this address at our home. I'm talking about really here on earth. Do Does, does anything that those other people that are, we're excited about or other people are fanatic about, does it really do anything for our belief system and life in God? Not really, no, yes, no. I'm saying what I'm saying is being f- fanatical and excited about sports or TV or music, do any of those things do anything for our belief or life in Christ, for why we're really here on earth? Not here at this address, not here at your age group, but our life in Christ. Okay, so, the, so your answer is okay. But, I mean, I guess it depends because I, I saw this thing <clears throat> on TikTok talking about <clears throat> um, what was it? Nothing you really. What, what, no, no, I was trying to think of what she said, so it doesn't sound weird. It was nothing you really do is really for yourself. It's more like the um, you being the best version of yourself affects people to become the best versions of yourself. So kind of like the everything's connected kind of thing, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. But I guess going to the sporting events, maybe you sitting there and see, I guess it depends for each specific person, of course, why you're going there and how it can affect them. Sure. You seeing your favorite baseball or whatever sure. person they're doing, did all of this stuff to get to this moment, can inspire somebody else to go and do that exact same thing and become something sure. great and become a big name or sure. or do something else and apply the same, like working a dedication to some other field or some hobby no this would make would call a hobby that made a career and completely changed it's whatever industry it's in and i laugh because you have a great point and i and i laugh because the nba finals is going on right now and they spent the last two games playing in boston and it was reported that those fans they were obviously not obviously but they reported those fans weren't very nice they spent a lot of time cussing out the opposing team the Golden state warriors players and other fans and using you know, obviously some, some terms and some phrasing that weren't family friendly while there's family and kids around. And it's and you, when you mentioned what that lady's comment was, how we live in helping us become the best version of who we are, mm-hmm. that's not something obviously that those particular fans have been doing. And that's and that's the point I'm driving to. But, in, but if you were to tell a, a, some of those fans, not just Celtic fans, which I, you know, like, I'm not trying to push or not because one of our stations we're on is in, in Connecticut. So those are Connecticut Boston fans. I'm sorry if you're pissed off because I'm talking trash about your fan base. Yeah, I am because I know it, they do. 
But they got a lot of championships, and they're in the finals now. The Lakers at home, you know, they're all in Cancun, you know, right now. But that's okay. Yeah, you know, Lakers, Lakers forever. But anyway, being a fan that way, and we're laughing because we can say that, and we can make fan jokes, and we can be okay with making the fan jokes. But when it comes to making God fan jokes, nobody thinks it's funny because mm-hmm. nobody thinks that, that that God has any fans, and that's really where I'm at. Are you are you a fan of God? Oh, if you got if you got if you got to think about it, then maybe not. I don't know. I'm at a weird space with God. I mean, I think it's more at how people the misconceptions that people talk about when it comes to God and not having an exact clear image of this whole thing. And maybe it's me not being able to fully understand. I mean, it's not really the, the point of God is not to fully understand what he is, but I'm still like, I'm at a weird spot. Not that I hate God or anything, or, yeah. but I'm just at a weird spot that I'm just trying to figure out for myself. And mm-hmm. then, not that I think you have really walking away with God, not walking away from him. Mm-hmm. I'm just at a weird spot and I'm trying to figure it out. But I guess I, I would definitely say I would still follow God. Um, but it's, I don't know, I'm just at a different spot. Well, no, it makes sense. I mean, you don't have to rationalize through it while we're on air today, but I'm just, as long as whatever you're open to sharing, you know, you're always open to mm-hmm. sharing. This is a safe space. And, and it's going to help people because there's a people listening who are all in the same spaces. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are at odd spaces with God, you know, and what he is and what mm-hmm. who people say he is. But, we have to understand who he is for ourselves and go from there. And I think that's where I definitely put, oh, sorry, I keep, I'm coming up. Continue. No, go ahead. Uh, I was saying, I definitely, I still put my trust in God and what, what, for what he has for my life. But just like the overall concept of God, I'm just still like in my brain trying to wrap around. Okay. If that makes sense. It does. And, and, but it, it goes to what the topic is fan, you know, what if? If you, what if you actually lived your life believing that God was for real as, as you, how you define him, because how you define him and how we define anything and how we can get behind anything and push things is really going to be how we, you know, how we drive ourselves. What, what keeps us motivated? Where, where do we find strength when things suck? You know, where do we, you know, and, and, and what are we really doing with how we are, you know what I'm saying? So when you get up in the morning and you think, is, is God really, really worth having? Is God really, really worth doing? Is it, is it fun? Is it not fun? Is it, does it matter? You know what I'm saying? Because, and I go back to the sports, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these folks in sporting events, they think it's the coolest thing because I'm a, a Celtic fan or a Nick fan that when the visitors come to town, I'm a fan to be able to yell and scream and make the other team feel bad, make them feel some kind of way. Or maybe some of them don't even wash their jerseys while the team's on a winning streak or losing streak or don't change their socks, don't change their underwear or whatever. Whatever some of these, you know. Correlation does not equal causation, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. like, I mean like not washing your stuff does not equal them going to still continue to win. But, I mean, this is it, things affect other funny human things. Yeah, but some people really honestly believe that it does. They believe there's a correlation there. <clears throat> but what's, but I think the oddity, though, is whatever their reality is of their fanism, right, they don't think there's anything wrong with it. But when it comes to being a fan of God, being a fan of what he believes, being a fan of what we believe he says for our life, there's a different connotation there. There's a different... People don't really feel the same way. People we make us feel some kind of way about who we are or what I believe. I mean, 
in many cases, we don't even tell people that we're Christian because we're going to talk about me. Do I wear a cross on my shirt today or not? Do I, do I wear a shirt that says God or I love God in some kind of way? And, you know, maybe make people think, well, maybe if I love God, maybe they'll think I'm a Trump supporter or maybe they'll think I'm a, you know, a Mormon or maybe they think I'm a whatever I am. Well, is that a bad, why does it make it bad if, if attaching God to anything, why does it make you feel bad about it? Why is his, why are his fans shaded? And I guess that's where I'm, where I'm trying to get to because if if his fans are shaded, then being a fan openly of God makes you not want to be a fan openly of God. I think it's the more the fear of getting roped in to the people that like they say they're fans, but I'll just do all the bad things and make people feel bad about the dumb things, you know? Sure. And it it creates a lot of again religious trauma and people not wanting to deal with it and giving people the, the ick when they, anything that comes with or God or dealing with people that love God and like, you know, just being part of the, the spaces that just like hypocritical kind of things, I guess that's, okay. that's what my, my mind first thinks of. Okay. Not wanting to be real so I'm with that. you with that, but let me ask you this other question because I love the conversation and Jackson, don't, don't let us get lost over run the conversation. Why is it, why is the hypocritical term come up? For Christians, it's not just you bringing it. I mean, it's, it's a thing, right? So why does hypocrisy come up for Christians and not fans, right? Let him sit outside for a minute, if you would. So the question is, why is, why is hypocrisy... A, an issue for Christians. There's no, there's no issue with being a hypocrite or being hypocritical about being a fan of any sporting event, sporting team, or a singer, like, right? I mean, I, I could be, I could love the Lakers, but think their coach sucks, or I could love the Lakers and think that LeBron James is a dork, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or I can love, Le, you know, LeBron James but hate the Lakers. Yeah, you know, I mean, does that make me a hypocrite? I mean, I, I may not, I may love the Lakers, but choose not to watch their games when they're not winning does that make me a hypocrite i mean mm-hmm. but no one shades a sporting event person and calls me a hypocrite about my sport but when it comes to, to christianity it becomes like you mentioned there becomes this ick or this goo or this another term you use for that about about uh christianity about god why why is it that way grab it from him grab it from her. thoughts why why is that a thing I think it's more of the, hmm. I guess the kind of the confusion that can be brought about by religion or more the people that talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's almost kind of a, I wouldn't say an unfair, well, trying to formulate it so I'm not just word vomiting. Jackson went awfully quiet here as Caden is getting his thoughts. Why the question is, why is there a big why is hypocrisy come into the conversation when we deal with, with being a fan of God versus being a fan of anything else out there? Sports, cars, whatever it is. 
being a, a liar or being thinking that what you're saying, the lifestyle that you live oh, is in direct I think I get it. opposite to what like what you're saying. Why do you do this and do that? Right. I think it's because people view like Christians as the perfect they, so so quote unquote nah. perfect people they don't they don't mess up, they don't do anything that other people do, they don't have fun, they don't laugh, they don't do any of this. Okay. So they have this set like mindset. Mm-hmm. But when we mess up like everybody else does, it's like, well, don't you do don't you guys believe this? Mm-hmm. Don't you aren't you not supposed to mess up? Like, well we mess up like everybody everybody else does. Right. So like they just have they just think we're trying to be like people who think we're above everybody else. Okay, so that's a good point. And so that doesn't contribute. Never mind. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say there's probably some people that do think they are above other people because they believe in God. But sure. Like now, exactly let me ask you another question. So if that comes into play with the, with just people who are Christians, uh, where, no. doesn't it come into play with almost everything else? I mean, I'm totally, just there's some rich people that, that feel that they're better. That's just part of it, yeah. No, 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 no mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just being an advocate right now. I'm just, this is my Howard Stern moment because I just think it's, I think it really sucks and it's really, really stupid for people to stigmatize a Christian. Mm. But unfortunately, Christians have, have allowed themselves to be stigmatized because they'll shun people and they, and they deal in the such absolutes. It just, think, it just causes the pot to be stirred and keeps, or an argument confusion and whatever, the longer the argument lasts, the less things get done. Sure. So does that mean, oh, so let me ask you guys, so does, the stigma or the pot kettle being black and being stirred when it deals with Christianity, is that one of the things that keeps you from wanting to have a relationship with God or from being a Christian? It keeps me from wanting to deal with the Christian community in general. Okay, so that, yeah, just keep going. Because we've been, I wouldn't say, no, we've been burned by a few like, Christian communities before mm-hmm. in the past of being part of the staff and then not really... I, from speaking from my experience, I've been part of the, the staff, but not feeling as part of the the group or the unit, or feeling as. And it's like, I I, it was an annoying having to deal and see all of that. So it's like I, it made me not want to like believe in God entirely when I, in the beginning. But it was like okay, well, once I learned to separate the two, it became easier. It's like well, I can, I don't know. I think in the Bible it talks about how like church is not just like a building, it's the people. Correct. Correct. So you can com- create your own community of people and still have it be church and not, you don't have to go to a, a mega church all the time or that uh, doesn't have to always have a building. Right. You know? Right. Well, it talks, we, it speaks, the Bible does speak about we are the church, right? Mm-hmm. We, we the people. That's, it talks about for those who are the churchy people out there, want to happen to be listening, it's the ecclesia, right? That's mm-hmm. the Greek in the Hebrew term, the Greek word there. It's, it's it's that we come in together, right? Where the scripture talks about where two or three are gathered together in His name, you know, He is with He is with us. He being God is with us. So there's three of us here, right? So He would be in our presence. But the Word also says that the Spirit or Holy Spirit lives inside of us, each individually, right? So where a lot of folks, I think, really miss the point is a lot of churches and religious orders are led by a singular person who unfortunately thinks they are the church. But they're not the church. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna say who I'm thinking about, but I'm thinking. 
Yeah, and it's a good thing. We don't need to call out names because we've been a part of several orders and people there's different and several groups, right? And so there's not a we're not shading any of our groups of specifically we've been a part of. We're speaking from our it's experience. It's our experience because it's and, and just and we've been experienced through many churches. So if I guess to look at it this way, as anybody from our previous churches that we've been to, um, if you feel some kind of way that we're talking about you, that's that's probably some issue that you have that you know you've done something to us. And and then you need to deal with that with God or whatever you need to do to make amends. But we're not going to come out and say, "Hey, this particular church did whatever," because there's church hurt all around. And I think that's mm-hmm. where the problem is. If we work for a basketball organization or a baseball group, or we were part of a fan base like that, and someone within the fan organization did something to us or didn't do something to us, would we would we have the same amount of angst or anxiety to, towards that group? Probably. Well, that's fair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's kind of a universal thing. It's like, I mean, if you strip it from the strip the parts where it's like, I mean, strip the label off of it. It's, still, it's a group of people who believe in one thing or like have a, are behind a certain cause, like a baseball team or whatever. Mm-hmm. You get burned by that group, but you don't want to go back and into that group anymore because you have all this previous apprehension because you've been treated such a way. You know, where it's like, um, what was it? What it was. I had a different thought, but I didn't think it contributed, and I lost my train of thought. So no worries. So, in, in, mm-hmm. with that in mind, if since God is the one who created us, and however we're, we're processing and parceling that out, in our relationship with Him, are we more relational with Him or are we more church, churchish with Him? And how we look at God. Do we because we haven't joined a formalized church since we left the last one? Do you think we're distant from God? Or do you think we've gotten stronger since we left church? Okay. I mean, like there is I think it's stronger since we left church. I think being around certain church people, it can help your relationship with God and certain um gifts of the spirit you're given can help hone those because there's more people. I think that like in, in certain spots there are more authentic people that know how to use those gifts. Sure. But then you kind of leave that space and you kind of you kind of have to teach yourself how to use them or how to we're not even really use them how what it sounds like or what it feels like in your body. No, I think you're but I think your point is right. I think you said it well. You don't have to rephrase. You're good. Mm -hmm. Because the church body, you know, I think a lot of cases, and I think what you're feeling and seeing from the from some of the ones we've been a part of, I think there's a how do you say it there's been a shaping of the experience or when you can and can't use or how you can and use the gifts to make people some people feel comfortable in their participation and in their giving case in point i remember there was a pastor related at a church we were with he was on stage one day and he was talking about dealing with this very issue there was a, a group to the far left that wanted to not have any gifts of the spirit being active at all just wanted to just be quiet, be in church, and let's just go home. And they happened to be a part of the church group that had a lot of money. Then there was a part that was on the right side that was, we need to have more of the gifts of the Spirit moving. And we're not talking and, about like democratic left and right. No, exactly. Kind of You're right. Because like, at first I was like, what is he talking about? And I was like, oh, I was like, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. So there was a group that wanted everything to be all wilded out and, you know, 
people you know floating across the room and spirits <laughs> all on fire and you know people being healed and laid slayed in the spirit and limbs being grown out and Moving people being healed right there whatever. and there's nothing wrong with all that because they're all there they're they are parts of the bible that are active and in, in living right now but for some people their view of god and their view of how they believe things should be seems to come into question when you become the quote-unquote church and we all come together and some people weren't able to handle that. And those that were giving the money didn't want to see all of the, you know, freaks of the spirit Chris coming Angel, out. mind freak. You know? Exactly. <laughs> didn't want to see that happen, right? And so, you know, they began to threaten to take their money. And so it became, whoa, 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 let's kind of slow down. Let's have, and I remember that particular pastor asked, hey, I just want people to find that middle ground. Can we work together? We Can we be together? And he was trying to strike that peace there. And it's... And I'm sure he was, I want to say he was coming from a good place so people don't close their minds off to everything. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is fear and, and not of the unknown. There it is right there. <clears throat> because, I mean, like, going back to the spirit, spiritual gifts thing, I think at that time when we were at that specific place mm-hmm. that you were talking about, mm-hmm. it was like middle school for me. So at that time, I was a lot more in tune with my abilities. Sure. Well, that was when they the most heightened I think sure. at that point sure. but then like you know you go through different experiences that make it harder to use it and like you know you lose the signal if that makes sense yeah and so you kind of have to like build back up to whatever that was right sure <clears throat> but um because during that that time I was like I was having visions I was having my discernment was like on freaking eight what, <laughs> well well I would say more of a nine but like I could hear it so vividly and it didn't sound like my voice. I mean, like, it was not like it was like a bit, you know, rustling through that bag. So I know. Hard. I know. So hold on. So hold that thought. Let him get him get this here and we'll go back. So restart it for me at the, at, at that, for that whole statement, even at the, the church, my vision was my ability to. Oh, yeah. So. At that point, I was like, what, eighth grade? And my, I was more in tune with my abilities. Mm-hmm. And I was having a lot of visions because we went to that winter camp thing. Mm-hmm. I did not want to go. Mm-hmm. Still don't want to. I mean, now we're going back. But I mean, like, I didn't hate the entire time because I was just like, a lot of different gift things were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot what I was saying now. Oh, yeah. My like, assignment was on like at least like an eight or nine. And it was like my ability to manifest things was like wild. Like when I tell, like, um, I was watching the show Shameless, and I was like, "Wow, it'd be cool to meet someone that looks like similar to the main character." And when I tell you, like, we went to church, right? Like this new guy came through. He had like his face was almost exactly the same as that as the character from the show. I'm I'm not even kidding. It was the wildest thing. Um, and I was like, "Well, I guess." And like I would hear the, a voice. That was kind of like my, I guess, my discernment. It was it was the clearest I've ever heard it, and it doesn't sound like I'm trying to be influenced to do negative things. Or it was more of a lot of the positive, like just go and do it kind of thing. Um, but like you know, as you get older, you it gets harder to it can it can get harder to use them if you're not using them all the time. So I guess like what is, I don't know, but yeah. No, no, and I, and I hear you. My can my question for you would be. What, ex- what it caused you to no longer want to be at that level, that nine experience? 
I mean, I at that time, I didn't really know what to do with it. It just kind of was there, and I never told anyone. I mean, I wouldn't say never told anyone. I mean, there wasn't many other spaces I had outside of, like, church, and I was already had, like, the, I don't want to be at church anymore because we've been at church so often all the time. Yeah. And I, was, I didn't really have any of the spaces that, like, talked about using gifts like that and how to continue to, like, keep it up. And I, was, I always thought of it, it was like, well, it, like, it is and isn't mine, so I don't really know how I'm supposed to, like, use it properly or even I'm just mostly just listening for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, you get, I would, at the time I was, like, really depressed because, you know, we, we moved around again. So then I had a lot of more different things in my mind, a lot of negative, negative negativity around me. So it, it became a lot harder to hear the positive things that were trying to help me. Sure. If that makes sense. Sure. So I asked you guys the question, and I get Jackson again. We're not going to get drifting far from you and get you in the conversation. What if we? What if you? We all lean into the things of God that made that we knew were from Him. What if we did that? Because, because, Katie, when you were when you said you were hearing your discernment being on nine, and it was manifest, and, th- and things were coming. To fruition, did that make you feel some kind of way negative, some kind of way positive? What did that make you think about God? Um, I don't, I wasn't really ever, it was different because I never, of course, you never really experienced it or at least paid that much attention to it. Because before, you know, as a, as a kid, you're just like, oh, okay, I'll just do this because, like, you're, a, you're more of a kid. Sure. But um, I was more apprehensive because I was like, well, I don't know if it, this is an intrusive thought or, like, something trying to help me and I didn't really have anyone to exactly like help me guide through it. Um, I forgot the question. You know, if So I'm asking, so what if we you leaned into those feelings, into those experiences to find out more? Because in a, and as a parent, I look back, oh man, that means I dropped the ball there mm-hmm. because I could have done more to help you understand those experiences. And things of God, and as, as parents, we need to do that more. But unfortunately, I think as parents, we think it comes back to the the fanatical things, where so many parents we don't do an effective job. We just all go to church, and I don't think a lot of us even understand the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestations of there about mm-hmm. and being able to even spend the time with our kids and sharing and going, hmm, this may be you may be seeing this. Oh, life. now I remember part of it now because I'm going back to my old mind space. So I was like. I was always been like super, not, not super interested, like kind of like interested in like, you know, the talk, talk about like third eye and stuff. And sure. I watched the video. It's like, why you shouldn't open your third eye. It was like, um, all these, like, you'll see the world differently in this, that, and the third. I never ended up like doing it or whatever. I don't know. But like my brain's like, I was at the time I was like playing volleyball and I was like, what if I see dead people while I'm playing volleyball? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. It'll affect my ability to play the game. Mm-hmm. And it was just like me freaking myself out about sure. all of this stuff I didn't know. Sure. And I was having to figure it out by myself. So like, it was kind of like, um, what was it? Not like, I guess like touching a hot handle, but like, no, I have a better analogy, but I can't think of it. Um, and it was just kind of like not really knowing what to do with it. It was what was scary. Gotcha. And I think from, from a parent standpoint, I always look back and go, Hmm, what can I do more? What can I learn more? And as you, because there's so many terms that, freaks Christians out you know the third term third eye I'm sure somebody who's listening would be Christian like oh my gosh they're talking about all that witchcraft okay let's 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 call it what it is there's things in the spiritual world that obviously that if if it's 
a witch using it versus a person of God, Christian or person of religion God using it, the gift is still the same because it's come from the same God that created it. It came from God. Now, if I choose to use that gift in a certain way that doesn't doesn't advance the kingdom of God, it's only going to advance the devil, then of course, yeah, it's witchcraft. It's something I'm using for the enemy. But if I'm using the same gift of discernment, third eye, the same gift of prophecy, third eye, same gift of 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 looking into the future, asking God for that kind of answer and revelation, that's the same concept as third eye, right? Seeing discerning of spirits, being able to see dead people, see people who've lived before, those who haven't lived yet. It's the same thing, but you'll scare the crap out of a Christian person if you talk about those in real life terms that the world uses. Talk about using, a oh, you used a Ouija board to talk to spirits. Well, you know what? When you have a dream or you have an open vision, and a person that you that once lived came to you in a vision and spoke to you. It's oh, the yeah, thing, same thing. Except, well, not not, with, not the Ouija part part. No, no, no. no, no talking no. to someone who used to live. Right. I mean, it, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But in it, but in so many cases, when we deal with church, we have a problem with. Oh my gosh, they're they're hypocrites. Oh my god, they're her- they're heretics. Oh my god, they're. So wait a minute. If we just talked, what if we believed and lived our life? That's the purpose of the show. What if we believed that the things in the Bible were actually true? Mm-hmm. Did Jesus not talk to? To spirit, did he did he not cast those those spirits into the swine and told them to go over the cliff? I mean, seriously, but that's in the Bible. What, and did the, did the spirit not speak to Jesus? Oh, Jesus, Master, our time is has not yet come. Don't 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 do this to us yet. You, you, it's not time for us to die. Does that mean that Jesus was a was a fanatic? Person who's just radical out there about what they believe, and they believe in it wholeheartedly. Whatever they believe, whatever it is, and it could be fanatic about a sports team, purpose, place, or thing. So does that mean that Jesus was a fanatic? Because he believed. Okay. And so we call it what it is. So those who are listening out there, you're listening to the Raising Men show, are we crazy here? Well, I don't know. I don't believe so. I believe in God. I, I believe. I, I radically believe that what God said is true. I believe what the what the Bible says is true. I believe Peter walked on water. I believe that the miracles of, of that Jesus did in the Bible, raising the dead, turning water to wine, I believe those things are for real. I believe he talked to spirits. I believe he saw the spirit. I believe he he used the, the power and gifts that God gave him to do miracles on earth for the three years that he was here and, and doing his ministry. Of course, he was here for what, three years, but three years he did his ministry. So does that make me a fanatic? It's, I literally had something I was going to say, but I forgot. Oh, now I remember. But he answered my questions. That made me a fanatic. Yes. Okay. But um, because it partially contributes to what you're saying. Um, I always think of it like when you talk of like, talk about stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. people walking on water and God raising the dead. It always sounds crazy mm-hmm. to the people who haven't reached that level spiritually for it to make sense. Because mm-hmm. like when I hear people talk about like space and aliens and then like mm-hmm. feeling like they not feeling like but like they traveled to different maybe like worlds sure. or like not like spiritually into like different gifts that are possible that I'm, I don't have any experience with yeah. it always sounds crazy but like yeah. I want to have like I might this there's like a not what does even say I, mean, I want to have a speck of possibility that this like is could be real and this could be true I just never experienced it I haven't stepped into that like threshold of like oh this new world is like or new like parts of the world yeah it's like real you know I guess we see a lot of that stuff <clears throat> in a day-to-day but like never really know how to explain it you know 
It's like Santa Claus. No, I'm kidding. No, 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 no that's fine. Because uh, that's fine. And, and I challenge you. I, I'm going to challenge you personally to. Um, in fact, I have. I did a study called the Man of Steel. I'm going to actually because you were you were part of the study for a few weeks, mm-hmm. and we're going to go through, and we we deal with the several miracles that Jesus did before his death, and those are going to walk through most of the things that Chris Angel does in his in some of his acts, right? Because these are manifestations of power of God. And and it's I think it's important that you do that and then you learn from it because all of these wonderful things that we see people try to do in witchcraft you kind of do they didn't they didn't learn that stuff like outside of God because that YouTube power video. Only, huh it's a YouTube video no it's just really there's no well you probably find it now how to do it of course but I'm just saying not before prior to that and that's not before there was a YouTube right mm-hmm. there was somebody teaching them to do that then before YouTube believe it or not ten or fifteen twenty years ago whatever it was but. It became from the misuse of the power that God had already given each one of us as a part of who we are. So once you figure out what those quote-unquote powers are, you can use them for good or for evil. And, and I, you know, some people thought, oh my God, this guy's a loony. Yeah, okay, yeah, call me a fanatic if you want to. But it's funny, you don't, people don't, when I say you, so people on the radio listening, you don't call people who do like Chris Angel, you don't call them fanatics. You don't call people who believe that they can do witchcraft. You don't call them fanatics either. If you're, you, most of the time, you're, if you're afraid to look them in the face, you walk on the other side of the street if you see someone doing crazy things. Or some of us even think that we need to go read those horoscopes every day and believe and set our belief system in there. Or we'll go see someone at a, at a, at a palm reading shop or tell me in my fortune. And yet we won't call them fanatics. We won't get angry at them at all. We'll be very excited to hear what they've got to say. But yet if I tell somebody, oh, I've got a word from you, well, where'd you get your word from? Oh, I've got a word from God. Oh, Lord, I don't want to hear about that Christian stuff. Well, wait a minute. It's the same thing as the, as the horoscope you just got from the paper this morning. Where'd they get that from? Same spirit, same God, right? The person who's sitting there looking at their crystal ball at you, talking about uh, reading these tarot cards for you, discerning and interpreting your life, speaking life and in, speaking into your life, what's the difference between them doing and I paid you for that gifting, for that word, than if I was given it from the Lord directly. What, what's the difference? Am I a loony for paying you or am I a loony for not paying you? Yes, no, I, 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 may, have, I may have turned the corner on my young men. I apologize. That may have been for somebody else listening on the radio. But what if we actually lived our life like we believed that if necessary, or if I wanted to, I could turn the water in my cup here from crystal light to wine. And it's a party. No, I'm kidding. Then it's a party. <laughs> but it, but what's funny was, it was for a party. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And, that's, and I guess that's where I, I challenge everyone to do, right? Is to read it and understand the context. In that party atmosphere, Jesus was at a party. A wedding party. His mom came to him and said, hey, we're out of wine, son. Would you handle that for me? Jesus was like, wait a minute, hold on, mom. I'm the son of God. It's not time for me to do anything. And when she's and and she said, I understand you might be son of God, but you're my son. Tell you what, handle that. They don't have any wine that needs to be handled right now. Make some. And she then she told Jesus the friends that were with him, his disciples, hey, look, whatever he tells you to do in the process of making this wine, getting this handled for his mom, you do that. And she strolled off. Was Jesus' mom a fanatic? 
Yes, so yes, because she believed that he could do. Or, Ooh, or, right or there. knew she could do. Knew right could do. there. So if we have, if, and that's where I'm at. If we, we, just, what if we lived our life like the things that God says we could do, we could really do. That's where I'm at that point. What if we lived it that way? What if we, what if we needed, to, not feeling well, and, and pray for healing? Ryan's been sick four or five days, seven days, right? Actually, more than that right now. Does he have COVID? Maybe he does. Is medicine the only way to heal people? Mm-hmm. What if we believe that we go lay our hands on Ryan, he would be well? What if he believed that if we laid our hands on, if he laid his hands on himself, that he'd get well? Okay, so let's not, let's, let's not make it super spiritual. Psychologists and scientists have, have, have all agreed that if you believe when you're sick that you will get well, that you're getting better, and whatever the treatment is, is, it is good for you, does it not make your body heal faster or no? I, actually, I don't know. Okay, so you may not see that. I'll, we'll pull that research out and make sure we publish it as well. But that is what they're saying. The, and I think you may have said in some of the things that you said, Ken, that it's what you believe. That it's your mindset. Mm-hmm. If you believe in something, we hear people say, oh, it's all about the power of the mind. Okay. What's the difference in me saying I have faith and belief? Mm-hmm. It's more of a, the, the churchy terms and people, religious trauma kind of reacting first. Okay. So. For, for some people, at least for my experience sometimes. And I, and, I, and I get you. I'm not, and please don't think I'm coming at you. I'm not trying. I, to, I know. I just, I just, I need. So you're one of the strong heads, right? Mm-hmm. Where when you get your mind set on something, you're going to be right there, right? And you are right there when you set your mind to something. Evan's the same way. Wait, Jackson, you're the same way. You just, when you all set your mind into believing something, no one can tell you different, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it's, I, th- I think that's why it's key that we have this conversation because there's many people out there that are like you all where. They haven't really, I think the belief in what you believed in or your belief system, your foundation was shook. And when it was shook, possibly even cracked, and you decided to go, hmm, I'm not really sure if I can believe what I believe anymore about that because these people that say they're from the same belief system, there ain't crap. Some of our family have done some pretty ugly things to us who claim to be Christians as well. But if they claim to be Christians, like Jackson, you said earlier, they wouldn't have done those kind of things to us mm. if they were really Christians. But and, I think, uh, huh? What's it called? I mean, well, I get, well, wow, stumbling, Um But in the same like church spaces, like, like going to church, the messages are always talking about be kind to your neighbor and this stuff, but it doesn't give you the steps on how to. Okay, right you there. Know, it doesn't give you the. You know, we all fall into the, the same like brain pathways on how to do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We all think differently and we all someone's version of expressing love is through this way, but with that can also be it's probably abusive because that's the only thing they've they've seen and they've been it. taught. Got and it. they haven't been taught a new and then of course not saying like of uh, their I don't I don't know, but like um not saying of course abuse is a form of love, but that's like what people taught and have seen. Like you have to choose to get up in the morning and clean yourself and uh, brush your teeth and do all these things, and then you fall out of the habit, and then um, then you said, of course, you're not doing it. Um, 
same with treating other people with kindness and having to lead by example. Um, I know I've personally had to change how I interact with my brothers because it, it wasn't good and they were learning bad things from me and um, I was hurting them more than I was helping as an older sibling. And I started to see as I had changed my behavior, they started to shift as well and apologizing became more often and um, hugging each other more often. I mean, I don't, don't see it super often still, but like it became more often than it was. Um, and just, just certain behaviors changed because they saw someone else doing it. Okay, now let me, let me just go back to something that you said earlier when we were dealing with church hurt. We'd been hurt, or you personally had been hurt by the actions of others, where somebody has seen, seen someone else do and then seen opposite done elsewhere. So you, in a way, had did the same exact thing. And now, but, you, but the difference here is you chose mindset, chose, made a decision, chose you, just discernment of how you needed to get there, or revelation that you needed to do it. If you just use the use the worldly term third eye, or you gotta, you know, you found a whatever the term that the world would use for that, right? Mm -hmm. That you need to do this. The power of the mind. You need to change your, your grow new pathways and, and change behavior, right? Yeah, that was through therapy. Okay, right. even but even through the therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Even through a humanistic term, right? But there's nothing wrong with. I guess I'm I'm trying to to be facetious and be laughing about it, and be humorous about it. Because there's so many times Christians get super spiritual and they and they split the vote, so to speak. And we get so to get to be to use the political term. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Split the vote and, and water the muddy the agenda and split communities and cultural groups because they want to win the vote. And they'll they'll muddy the water and make people confused as to what really the heck's going on. So instead of just really saying when a Christian says, "Oh, I don't want to go to counseling," let's say the Christian counselor. Well, what's the difference mm -hmm. if you're getting an opportunity? To hear truth and speak truth and speak life, I can speak life to anyone. I never speak, never use a scripture or a word of God at any point. But if I speak things that are honest and true that the Lord would give me discernment, third eye, whatever you want to call it, counseling, uh, life coaching, are those not positive things? Talking about love and keeping keeping people's minds right. Mm -hmm. Okay, then if that's if that's true. If that's showing a form of, if that's showing love for other people, right? That's also what God teaches us to do, right? Mm -hmm. So Romans eight twenty eight is true for us here, especially in this conversation. As a family, we've been through church hurt and trauma with families and and, and friends, because Romans eight twenty eight says all things work together for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So. The, you, you know, some instantly some people may say, well, I don't know if I love God. Well, that's okay. That's a whole different story. You have to qualify that and quantify by saying, I love God. Okay. Because we know God loves us. Whether we want to believe in who he is or we say higher power, um, somebody from above, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the universe, the sky, Mufasa, whatever you, right, whatever you want to call it, speaking to the universe, whatever. Okay. I'm not getting into the fact, into an argument with what, whose term God is. In the context, if you're calling whatever you believe is greater than you, if that is the term that you're using for your God that you into big G, the only one that lives, not the one that hey this that actually manifests in this little statue or cross or crucifix that I wear. No, 
We're talking about the only one and true. Okay, so if that's whatever synonym that you use to express your solo ultimate God, okay, we can get there. So we don't need to be super spiritual and those dramatic turn the radio back on. That's what I'm talking about. And I think where our hurt comes in, Kaden, and you correct me if I'm wrong, is when we deal with people who are absolute. And Jackson, we talked about the four. If you're absolute with what your where your feelings are, that's where the problems are. Because God is love, and He believes in it. Because because when Jesus was here, He hung out with the folks that were in the bad places. Some of His disciples used to kill Christians. So if one of the disciples was a murderer, what the heck? That means that a murderer can't, can a murderer change his life? Can a thief, when was a tax collector and we used to cheat the people? Mm-hmm. So if a, as if a thief and a crook, does that mean that a thief and a crook can't change their life? They can't? They can. They can. So, oh, right, I got you. So if that's the case, sometimes we get so super spiritual and we don't spend any time actually knowing what's in the Bible. We, we hear what the people are saying is in the Bible. Hearing what people are saying is in the Bible the word but if we don't spend the time actually finding it out for ourselves then we're gonna be lost mm-hmm. because people can make us believe anything about what they say they can, especially if they say it on a tiktok or a youtube video it must be true but imagine if we actually spent the time in looking for ourselves and reading and I, and I challenge you to do that because it's gonna the only way you can doing your own research most of Today's media is about making people feel some type of way. Or yeah. I even find myself, I look at like reaction videos or I was like, or I'll, I'll look at something and then I'll, I'll look at somebody else. How am I supposed to feel about this? Yeah. And then I was like, well, no, I, I can't really base all of my reactions off of somebody else. Right. Now, it makes sense like, oh, this this person attacked somebody else because of this. I was like, sure. okay, that's not a good thing. I, I should not be happy or upset. I mean, it's just, I should not be happy that someone committed an, an act of violence against someone else for sure. something trivial. Sure. Um, so it's all about find like how do you truly feel about it? Or not you feel you feel some type of way about it because somebody else feels some type of way about it. You kind of have to find a personal kind of take in it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does with really anything, and that's and it makes total sense, right? But in your personal take, and I because we all have our own personal takes, no matter what it is, even if it's all about God, we all have our own personal takes. But we also have to make sure that it's founded and rooted in truth. Mm-hmm. And the only and, and, and truth cannot be the truth that I tell you about God. I can't. You can't have a truth because I told you that Jesus did seven miracles mm-hmm. before he died, or that Jesus only did ministry for three years before he died, or I told you that Peter walked on water, and you don't read it for yourself, and then do the background research for your own. What do you mean he walked on water? Did he did he just get water sprinkled on him, or is it water on a, on the on the land that he walked upon? No, the mm-hmm. Bible. That's what the Bible says. And well, how does the Bible know? Well, those people that maybe it's a made up story. Well, then. Research and pray and find out if that's really what you want to believe. Because as a parent, my job is to train up a child in the way you should go. And when you're old, you won't depart from it. So mm-hmm. I'm, if I don't do my job, I'm the one held accountable, not those churches. Our pastors that we you know go to or out there, these mega churches or minor or minor churches or mini churches, they're not responsible. They are responsible, yes, for the word for, that for they parts for parts of it, for the word they say. Yes, if, if you're if you're speaking lying about God, that's a problem. You got to deal with God on that. You know what I'm saying? There's a space, a special place in hell for you for that, right? If you're you know a minister sleeping with other people's wives or sleeping with women that ain't your wife, you know, or even in the case if you're sleeping with other men, but you name it. 
There's a special place in hell for you of being a pastor or doing the same exact thing. It's a special place. And I'm sure it's hot. Well, I can't say I'm sure. I would want to, myself, my book according to Craig, the book of wonder, I would want it to be hotter 10 times than what hell's going to be. Okay. But the, but the truth is, if you're violating God's law, you're not living according to him and not being according to his way, in the end, you will not make it to heaven. Right? That's the belief system I have. But am I supposed to make somebody feel some kind of way along the way? Because they don't believe like me? No. Should I make you feel bad because you don't believe like me? No, you're shaking your hand. People can't hear the shaking hand. So my job is to do what? It's to love people. Right? They love like you should give, like you show that you would love for God. I can love everybody. I don't have to like what they do. I have to love people. That's my charter. <laughs>